Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products. They have Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. I'm a customer at Artisan Botanicals. I can tell you I've benefited from their products. And look, they are great people that are dedicated to helping you live a better life. So if you have any questions, uh, don't hesitate to ask. It's all about educating yourself on how these products can benefit you on a daily basis. Uh, Their number is 405-458-9699. Not to mention, we're saving you 15% off your online order right now at abotanicalcompany.com. Discount code COLBYSHOW, again, for 15% off. They have easy and safe pickup. Uh, You can run through their drive-thru. It's, again, an easy, efficient safe process. You're in and out of there in like a minute. It's uh, it's amazing. So um, get a discount and check out Artisan Botanicals at abotanicalcompany.com. All right, we have a long conversation today with Eric G. Uh, we get into a music conversation, concerts. We talk about the radio business, the sports radio v- business, uh, the growth of podcasts and the relationship between those two things. And then the whole thing of unpaid and paid internships. I'll share my story about uh, an unpaid internship and and we'll uh, have that conversation as well. So uh, fun conversation today with my guest from the Tulsa Sports Animal, Eric G. Eric G, what's happening today? How are you, Mr. Colby Daniel? Um, I'm good. I, uh, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Right before I got you online, I had, you know, I've in the morning, part of my process, I've got music jamming in, in my studio uh, just kind of getting myself amped up for the day, having coffee, and the last song I that that hit the the iTunes shuffle was uh, Metallica. So N- nice, <laughs> nice. Before, be- before you called today, I was listening to Megadeth. Oh, um, okay. To their, yeah, so I was listening to their album Thirteen, which came out a few years ago, and there's a song on there called We the People which I highly recommend everybody check out because Megadeth is just one. They're just a tr- tremendously talented band. Dave Mustaine always does a really good job of no matter how many lineup changes happen, he just surrounds himself with really, really good musicians. Yeah. Um, but, but the funny thing about this song, it's, it's we the people. And if you know anything about the band, they've always been political going back to their peace cells days and, you know, he's talking about there needs to be a regime change and your rights are getting trampled on. But then he mentions two words in this song that as a teenage boy, I never thought, never thought you would ever hear in a heavy metal tune. And it's social security. Like, dude is writing about how your social security is going to get taken away. And I'm like, that may be the least metal thing <laughs> I have ever heard because... As metalheads, we weren't worried about Social Security. We were young. We were headbangers. We were, you know, all going to live poor anyway because it was about the music. And now we're, I mean, now I've got Dave Mustaine singing about retirement. <laughs> I almost was too distraught to come on with you today. It just was very, still very, very, very shocking to me. I am going to be thinking about this all day. As a metal so. fan, are you even <laughs> listening to the lyrics, though? Yes, always listen to the lyrics <laughs> because that's the that's the thing about metal. Um, yeah. it, it always got a bad rap when I was a kid because you'd wear the t-shirts, you'd have the guys with the long hair in middle school. Um, it was usually people who were across the street, didn't play sports, and they they wouldn't smoke. 
and I'm not saying that to be stereotypical. It's just the way that it broke down. I was like the one kid who wore collared shirts and really listened to it. But yeah, you listened to the lyrics because if you were paying attention to Iron Maiden, they did a better job of telling you about history than some of your teachers did because they made it more interesting and fun, which is what a teacher is supposed to do. If you're really into education, you're really into what the foundations of it are. And this a lot of things for my parents is you make learning interesting. You make it fun. You create a passion for learning within kids. It's not about just prepping them for stupid ass standardized tests. It's about them thirsting for knowledge. Maiden did that with songs like the trooper and run to the hill. And I mean, you can just go back through their entire library and um, there's always some, you know, something taken straight out of literature, like Flight of Icarus or Rhyme of the Ancient Mariners. You can rip off from literature, or there's something about historical events. And yeah, when you're young, you gotta listen to the tune. You're, you know, you're you're acting like you're Adrian Smith playing along, or Nico um, McBrain, and you're trying to do the drums. And then you start listening. It's like, oh wow, this is kind of cool. So it opens. It, it really does open up a whole door um rush the same way with with ayn rand i mean it it, it, it it's a it really is a music for nerds that opens up a lot of doors that for whatever reason you know it, it got panned because you saw the kids listening to it you thought well they're losers uh i that's what my you know my father always you know called them uh they're losers well you realize they're not losers because they're actually probably more in tune with things that you need to be in tune with in life or they they've had their minds open so yeah there's there's my diatribe for the day heavy heavy metal good good for learning there you if, go. I was a, there you if i was a, if i was a history teacher i especially british history iron maiden would be prevalent i would use iron maiden every single day in my class like yeah. Um, so there you go. See, anytime I listen to that kind of music, I'm I'm too busy like jamming out to the music itself <laughs> than paying attention to anything that's actually being said. So the, the message <laughs> the message is lost. They could be they could the the message in the song could literally be like the person that's listening to this song right now sucks, and I'd be like, yeah, just jamming out because like I it just lost in translation. I'm just jamming to the music, so. Um, yeah, that, see, I'm, I'm way more of a nerd than you are. So. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Um, I, I'll, I'll just, uh, you're a music guy. Um, I have a friend that's a Metallica fan also. So the song that hit the playlist and I have a lot of Metallica music. I'm just, in, you know, in this specific instance, iTunes decided to play, uh, memory remains. And my, one of my friends, that's a giant Metallica fan hates that album. Oh, that's a great album. Reload is I, awesome. I, I like it too. Reload is freaking awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's, you know what it is? It's, it's all these people who grew up with them would kill them all. Yeah, through, yeah that's exactly yeah, it. That's when exactly they, it. When they were a thrash band. And then Metallica does the Black Album, which still to this day, um, I would say next to Revolver by the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's by the Beatles, Pet Sounds, and, oh, probably Siamese Dream by the Smashing Pumpkins. Just, just very albums that you you want to put on the headphones, close your eyes, and they're very pleasing to the ears. 
the Black Album, next to all those, is just one of the just absolute best sounding albums in the in the world ever made. Even if you're not, uh, if you're a diehard Metallica fan and you're not, you know, you think they sold out or if you never really got into the band, that's one of those you really can't appreciate because it just sounds good. Like even to this day, um, if you've got a really good stereo system in your car, put that album on. Like once a year, you have to put it on and just get lost in how great a job Bob Rock did. And when they made that turn, when they made that turn to go from being the world's greatest heavy metal band to trying to become the world's greatest rock band, that needs to be appreciated. I mean, that's a leap that the Beatles and U2 took, um, and a lot of bands are afraid to do. Yeah. And that's what I love. But when bands go away from their traditional sound, and they're like, you know, what? we're going to experiment. If you don't like it, whatever. Um, it's, to me, there's nothing more metal, there's nothing more rock than that saying, Screw you! We're gonna do what we want to do. Right. We're not gonna be slaves. To, yeah. yeah, you'll either come with us or you won't. And I appreciated both those albums. Those are really good sounding albums too. And Memory Remains is, is oh, that that Marianne Faithful part is just so eerie. It's so cool and eerie. Where you're just like, oh yes. You're like, then you think, wow, this this lady slept with Mick Jagger. But then, oh yes, it's so eerie again. <laughs> The first time I ever, like, I, I think truly appreciated the Black Album the way that it should be appreciated, I was probably, like, 15 or 16, and I remember this vividly. There was, like, a big storm, and our power was out. And so, you know, you're not you're not sitting in front of the Sega or watching sports. You, you just have nothing to do. And I remember just, like, grabbing my Sony Discman. Isn't that what it was, Sony made the Discman? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Grabbing the Sony Discman, grabbing a couple CDs and like laying on my bed. Uh, and I remember putting in the black album and then I just put the headphones on and like just laid down, closed my eyes and like listened to that entire CD uh, while, you know, there was zero distraction, um, no power. And like, I, I don't know, I, it was crazy. I just remember it so vividly. It was the first time that I was just like, you know, I've, I've listened to it a million times. But, like, that specific time, I just remember it hitting in a way that, that uh, it had never hit before. Oh, it, it, and, it, and it will punch you right in the face from the opening lists of Inner Sandman to the drums on Don't Tread On Me. Um, the, I love, still, to this day, get chills when I hear the opening of Wherever I May Roam. Yeah. Um, and... Um, through the never has this really, this really neat progression through it. Um, even nothing else matters to me. It, it, it all just kind of fit. I mean, they went, I mean, they got really ambitious. They wanted to bring their music to the mat to the masses, but they got really ambitious and they, they found a producer that was going to try and, and do them an album that, most people, when they think about the greatest albums ever recorded, they start coming up with Led Zeppelin for Dark Side of the Moon, which are eh, fine, but are not either Pink Floyd's or Led Zeppelin's best album, not even close, not, especially on Zeppelin. Four is not even close to being their best album. Uh, it may be, phys you know, let's just say Physical Graffiti, which is close to being one of their best albums, but they wanted to be in that category, and to do that, it has to be one of the there has to be a certain sound to it and they got it 
just, it was perfect. Just in that moment, they do something perfect. And unfortunately, when you do it, you know, everybody who's still 15 with, with, with long hair and, you know, hey, you're our thrash band. And I didn't appreciate it as much, which, I mean, I get it. You lost your band. You could lay claim to them. Now they're for everyone. But respect, you know, massive respect for them for going out on that limb and just not caring yeah. whether or not people were going to criticize them for it. That's just awesome. I mean, that is just awesome. That is what rock and roll is all about is when you say, yeah, I'm on my own. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't need, I don't I don't need you to come with me. That's the true spirit of rock and roll. Yeah. Um, how much do you miss concerts, by the way? Um, a lot, dude. I got Colby, I got so screwed in twenty twenty. I had Pearl Jam, Foo Fighters, and Black Crows tickets. I had two of the three. I didn't have Black Crows tickets, but I had Pearl Jam and, and Foo Fighters who are Two of my probably top fives. Yeah, and I, I'd never seen Pearl Jam before. It was finally going to get crossed off the bucket list, so I got robbed out of that. I know they're touring again. I don't have any faith that they're coming to Oklahoma City on that tour. Um, I missed it. What I missed more than just big concerts, though, are like not so much club shows, but theater shows. Your yeah. bands like social distort your 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 band your your bands that have smaller followings like social distortion or um oh I don't know I mean special pumpkins will great the theater too um, but just you know getting to go to someplace like Haynes in Tulsa getting to go to the Criterion in Oklahoma City right you miss those shows because everybody's got to be so close together and, and there's much more of a communal feeling at those shows than there necessarily is the big arena shows. And those are the ones that when they finally come back, I'm looking forward to those, to the bands that play those type of venues more than I am necessarily the, the big arena band, the, the big arena bands coming. But yeah, it, it sucks because I, I think it's going to take us at least until 2022 before we start getting full-scale tours anymore. I think there's still going to be a lot of people that are very hesitant to go out on the road, and a lot of people still hesitant to go to shows because even though you're you're getting out of the house, until you're confident that everyone's gotten vaccinated, there's that, ooh, man, <laughs> you know, my, you know, is it really yeah. worth risking my life here to go see Allison Chains in this casino? <laughs> yeah it probably is go but. for it yeah. <laughs> yeah why not yeah for people that don't know i mean one of the big perks of of working at a radio station that that obviously has multiple stations is the access to things like that and i mean that's one of the the cool parts about i mean i've seen so many concerts that i would have never in a million years even thought to go to or you know, even, even wanted to go to for that matter. But I was, you know, free tickets were available and I was like, why not? I'll give it a shot. And I ended up like thinking, holy cow, that was an amazing performance. It may not be music that I listen to every day, but there's certainly an, an appreciation for uh, any artist that puts on a great show. Yes. And that, I mean, even look, the thing that you learn like over time, like even if you don't really like the artist and you can get tickets 
going to a concert sometimes can be worth it because either A, you become a fan of that artist, or B, it might help you understand, like, if you don't, like, there are certain artists we probably don't understand. It's like, we can all say, it's like, don't get the appeal of this particular group yeah. or why this particular artist resonates with someone so much. Like, I can give you a list of them. Don't understand Jimmy Buffett. Don't understand Dave Matthews. Never got the Steve Miller thing. Still don't get it after seeing him live. Seeing him live, guy, he's really, honestly, one of the most boring shows I've ever seen. But if you go to something that's, like, outside your genre, like if you're not a country fan or you are a country fan and you go to rock, like Brad Paisley, like, man, this dude is actually a really good performer. He <laughs> yeah. can play. Yeah. And like, this dude and his band is awesome. The White Yoakum is freaking excellent in concert. But it, it just kind of opens it, it opens you up to a wider variety of things. Like, never be afraid to, to, to get outside your comfort zone in, in those things. And if somebody, you know, gives you tickets to some act, you're like, why would I go see them? Go see them. That's the sign that you probably should go see them. Yeah. And I look, I'm also one of those people that I, I love the opening acts. And, and most of the time, I feel like you look back and you're like, holy cow, I saw them. They were amazing. And then you're kind of, you know, they become the next big thing. Uh, and I, you know, so, almost every concert I go to uh, throughout most of those acts, I mean, the, the arena or wherever you are is like a quarter to maybe a third full. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you won it's like okay so no one's heard of this band who's, who's the one band that you saw that can, can you think of a band that, that you saw maybe kind of on a whim that ended up getting huge you didn't think they were going to get big but they ended up getting huge oh um i'm trying to just think of the concerts off the top of my head that i've been to They got huge. Um, I guess I'm gonna have to insert what, like Jeopardy music at this point. I think I think at one point when I was in Albuquerque, I want to say like maybe I didn't get to see them, but I think maybe before they got big, we had Muse come come into the station. Like on, like on their first album, and I remember our morning guy for the alternative station telling us getting them in here is like getting to see the next Radiohead. Yeah. Like you really thought they were going to be that big, and I thought, wow, it's a hell of a statement. Um, but he turned out to be right. Um, that, I'm like, okay, that's that's really cool. I blew an opportunity to meet the Foo Fighters. Blew this. You had the chance um, to meet them. I. Yes, I was um, working working for the sports animal and the cat. And Foo Fighters were coming, and I really just wanted to meet Dave Grohl. They were in their third album, and to me, he was still the drummer for Nirvana. As yeah. good as they were, it's like, this is my only link to Nirvana. This is an emotional thing for me because I had so much appreciation for that band and what they meant at the time and, and how they really carried kind of carried a group of people through our first three years of college. I mean, they were extremely, extremely impactful. Um, you know, culture changes. It, this is the closest thing we were, we were ever going to get to the Beatles and the British invasion is what came out of Seattle with grunge and Nirvana was the leader of all that. Well, 
Dave Grohl's still alive. Kurt Cobain's dead, and Chris Novotelich isn't doing anything. Like, I, I just need to meet this guy. This, this, I need to meet him. I need to tell him thanks. This, he needs to understand what his music means to me. Well, I actually had got it set up through Jake Daniels. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, I'll get you hooked up. You mean, it's no big deal. They were touring with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, you can come on by. And then I had a job interview. <laughs> I didn't oh, for a gig. I didn't, I didn't end up taking. Oh, it's like, brutal. well, you know, it's a, it's a job interview, and I'm only doing weekends of producing here. So, yeah, I need to go. This is a hosting job. And... I didn't end up taking the job, and now I look back on it, and I'm like, well, if I wasn't going to take the job, why did I go on the interview? Why, why oh, did I think that man, was so that important sucks. at that time? That sucks. <laughs> and I'll probably never get that opportunity again. Right. That's like, that's like donkey of the day stuff, man. That is, that is Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> um, I So – I remember going to a country show, and I don't remember who the headliner was, but I remember the opening act uh, was Jason Aldean, and did, I had never heard of him at that point, didn't know who he was. The place was completely empty. Uh, he ended up being, obviously, a really big deal. So that's probably the one that stands out the most that I can, like, recall as far as, like, just somebody that, you know, people didn't didn't really pay attention to, and then they, they became, like, he headlines massive stuff now. Um but a couple that I can tell you, like, I, I would have never uh, even thought to, like, appreciate their music. And then I, I saw them live. Um, I was at One Republic uh, in Tulsa. This was probably, like, five or six years ago. And Christina Perry was the opener. And, you know, oh, I wow. never listened to her music. Wasn't, you know, wasn't really familiar with it. She slayed it. I mean, her vocals were just off the charts great. And it, it, that's just one of those deals where even though that's not really like what I listened to, I, I just walked away from that with such an appreciation for how talented she was. That, that's pretty awesome. Um, I get to meet Sarah Evans twice. Uh, one time I couldn't even speak. Um, <laughs> yeah, like totally just could not even remotely speak. Uh, that was probably, as far as being starstruck, that's probably the most starstruck I've ever been backstage. Although Mike Ness and Social Distortion came to a radio station that I was working for one time. And that's, again, that's another one of those bands. I mean, they're, they're in my top five. Like, I'm constantly still listening to them. And I got to meet him, got autographed, got picture taken, got to see them do an acoustic set. And that those are the kind of memories, like, of all the things that you do with radio, those are the kind of memories that you cherish because yeah. you don't, you know, normal people don't get to do that. And just getting to get him to autograph my copy of Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell, which was all beat up. And I'm like, dude, I've gone through like five copies of this album. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is, is that right? Like. Dude, I paid you a lot of money here, man. Right, right. <laughs> but those those are the moments that are kind of cool where I think sometimes when you're going through it, like meeting Dave Mustaine and Megadeth, um, going back to them, um, him and I talked hockey in, in the lobby of what is now Cumulus, Oklahoma City. I mean, those are, those are cool moments. That's but at awesome. the time, you're probably not appreciating it because you're young 
your mind's on your career. You think, wow, this, this is what it's going to be like all the time. Like, people are all through the station. And then you don't realize, oh, well, they, they don't. And sometimes there's like this huge wall where you're not having any activity like that. And when you get those moments, you, you, you know, going back on that moment, I would have taken way more advantage of it. Yeah. Um, but him and I, you know, we talked hockey for about a good five minutes. Um, I think he was more interested in one of our traffic girls than he was talking to me, um, which I can't blame him. But it was, you know, it was just kind of a neat moment where, Instead of him being like mega rock star on stage, you know, leading this, you know, this band that, you know, thousands of people will, you know, headbang to, he was just a guy. He was a guy for like five minutes and we were going back and forth over the, 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 the coyotes and the sharks and the Bruins and, you know, talking about different sports talk show hosts, which, I mean, how many people can say that they've had that conversation with Dave Mustaine? And looking back on it now, it's like I'm talking hockey with this guy. We're keeping it very casual and light. Why did I mine for something a little bit deeper? Because he's a really intelligent dude and probably would have given me his opinion yeah. on so much more yeah. than sports. It's like, that's great. You know, I, I, and that's one of those I look back on it now. It's like, eh, I feel like I kind of blew it. We could have talked politics and all sorts of stuff. And here I am. We're talking hockey. And I'm not even asking him anything about his band. I just knew not to bring up Metallica. Right. I was like, the one thing in the back of my mind, do not go there. Like, all right, so we'll talk hockey. So, yeah, that's it. I feel like athletes, and, athletes always want to be like movie stars or rock stars. And I feel like rock stars and movie stars always want to be athletes. Um, have you ever, what's, I guess the best way to ask this is, what do you think is the difference in your interactions from like, talking to rock stars to talking to athletes? Um, that's a good question. It's a really good question. Athletes, for the most part, tend to be a little bit more down to earth. They tend to be a little bit more normal, for lack of a better word. Um, and probably... The reason I say that, Colby, is because my, my father was a coach. So I was always around either athletes and or coaches growing up in my life. Yeah. So it is something that I, I just got very used to, to that dynamic. Um, musicians tend to be a little bit more aloof. And it, a lot of them, when they would, when they would come into studios like especially if they were already an established band if, if, if you're a band trying to make it you seem way more appreciative of your time in a radio station like you you don't feel like it's an obligation you feel like it's something you have to do to help build your brand build your reputation well, the, when the more established guys they seem like more annoyed about it. Like the, the, the last thing they want to do is answer questions or play the same songs over and over again. They've heard the same <laughs> yeah. questions a million times. And they just seem like they, 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 they want to do anything to get out of there, which is probably why I chose the path I did with, with a guy like Dave McSane. Um, and athletes are an interesting breed because I will tell you, I've enjoyed my interactions with basketball players more than I've enjoyed my interactions with football players. And maybe it's just because I've had 
I had a bad working relationship with one football player in particular. It's, it's probably shaded my opinion on that because, I mean, Anthony Fogel's my best friend, former football player. Um, great guy. Um, you know, TJ Mills, another great guy, a football player. But I feel like athletes are a little bit more, they're a little bit more, um, I, I don't know, like, like you could have an easier conversation with, with them just about life in general. Because most of them, after their playing days are done, they get into normal jobs. Um, unless, you know, they're, they're multimillionaires. And then at that point, it's not so much about, you know, playing sports as much as it is about you've got so much money, you're so far away from what the real world is going through that sometimes it's hard for you to come back and, and identify with that. Um, and I think musicians, I think that's where they're probably the most similar. The ones that have made it the biggest are the furthest away from what reality is and what the regular person goes through on a daily basis and, and their struggles and why they think the way they do. Because when you can easily fix your problems, or you can you don't need something as bad as someone else. You can just walk away from it. I think it's hard to understand where that person is coming from. Like especially yeah, if you sure. don't need a job. If, you, if, if you're already a multimillionaire and you don't want to put up with somebody's crap, you don't need the money. You don't have to. Yeah. The rest of us can't say that, which I think was part of the problem with why my original show back here in Oklahoma City never worked out, and I don't mean to use this as a therapy hour, but when you're working with a guy who can just say epic at any time, and, you know, if he wants things done a certain way, and he can epic at any time, and if management is just begging him to stay, then he's got all the power. Guys like me, it's like we don't have that power. We need that money. We need that paycheck. So if they want to, management wants to twist and turn with us, or they want to twist and turn, you get put in a really bad situation. And I don't. I think that's where the where the weird thing comes for a lot of athletes. Like I don't think a guy like Russell Westbrook is Russell Westbrook's never going to do a normal job in his life. Right. And it's not that he's it's not that he's a bad person, but yeah, I mean, he can just walk away from stuff at the drop of a hat. So what? He gets fined by the NBA. He can write that check. He doesn't care that you're on deadline. He doesn't care yeah. if you need a need a quote for your story. I mean, he just knows you need something from him. And if he doesn't want to give it at that particular time, he has the wherewithal not to give it and not face any true repercussions from it. Because He's so good on the court, so good, that when it comes to the Hall of Fame voting, whoever votes on it, is you can't really hold his attitude against him. He doesn't fall into the Jim Rice category where you're borderline. And it's like, you know, that guy was a real dick to me. So I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to, I can, I can hold, this is my turn to hold it against him. You can't do that with Russell Westbrook. And I think it's probably the same thing with a lot of musicians. I think it's probably the same thing with guys like you too. It's like, you know, if they want to be a dick to you, they can because they know the next night 
They're going to go sell out, you know. They know yeah. they're going to sell out every single concert that they play. They're already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. At least I think they, yeah, they're already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They, you know, they've done everything they need to do. You become really insignificant. <laughs> but that's not, you know, that's not an athlete or musician thing. That is strictly a money thing. And that's what, that's what really separates us. That, that's what really separates us as a society is, is money and your ability to say, screw it. You know, yeah, <laughs> screw it. Sure. I, I don't need this. Most of us can't. It's it's funny over the we last. Want to. Uh, yeah, everybody wants to. That's that's why anytime you know people, I'll just using this as an example. People loved Stone Cold Steve Austin because he was you know middle finger to the boss, right? Yeah, like every that, everybody in a, in the country can identify with that. So. Yeah, and this is what I find funny. This is what I find really interesting. Okay, so we all want that, right? Like every single one of us wants the ability to tell our boss to kiss his butt. Yeah. Not that I would do that to either one of mine. I, I want to make that clear to both my bosses. I would never tell you that. Right, right, right. Um, first of all, because I, I actually really, I, and I mean this genuinely, I really like both of them. The, yeah. the two guys that I work for just, they're tremendous. They really are tremendous individuals. I, I'm very lucky in that regard. But there are other ones that, yeah, you would love this. I, I can think of one right now. Every, one everybody's had a bad boss. I mean, everybody has. I would right? love to tell Kiss my butt. <laughs> and I hadn't worked for this guy in, you know, well over 12 years. I'd love to tell him to kiss my butt. So we all want that power. But think about how many people, fans now, are mad at Russell Wilson and are mad at Deshaun Watson. And James well, Harden. They signed James Harden, yeah. they signed a contract. Yeah. The the company showed they were loyal to them, giving them all this money. They signed a contract. They should just shut up and play. Well, remember, what, if you've ever negotiated a contract, read your contract. If you've got a contract close to you, read it. Usually there's a clause in there that, says, that talks about negotiating in good faith. And this is where Russell Wilson... James Harden, um, Deshaun Watson all come in because what they feel is like the good faith part of that contract has really been vo- has really been voided is probably the best way to put it, and thus the contract is voided. And, and what that means is if you, I am signing this contract not just simply because you are going to pay me a lot of money and set me up for life. But I'm making a commitment to this organization, to this team, to this city, because you're making a commitment to me not only to money, but to give me an opportunity to win. You're saying, we want you here because we're going to win. We see you as the cornerstone, and we're going to build around you and give you an opportunity to make the most of your talent. Well, when you see the organization is not doing that exactly, then you should have the right to say something about it. You should have the right to go into your boss and say, this isn't what you promised me. And you give the litany of things that we're talking about between you and your agent. Why haven't you delivered on these promises? And if they can't give you a good answer, then yes, by all means, demand a trade because you can do it. And I root for the players in that because I couldn't do that. I mean, yeah, there was there have been a couple of times in my career where I really wanted to demand a trade, but it would have ultimately meant, all right, you want out of here, uh, we'll fire you. You make no money, and 
that's why I don't understand why people are upset about it. Because, yeah, we would love to walk into our boss. Look, you promised me all this stuff. You know, I came to work for you. I, I signed this piece of paper, but you promised me this. And now you're doing your our conversation that we had of why I was going to work here. It isn't the same conversation we're having now. Why are you changing everything? This is not what I agreed to. And usually when you have that conversation, you don't land on your feet, you land on your butt. So we should root for the people who get the opportunity to land on their feet because that's ultimately what we want. So that's the, that to me is the most interesting thing about this, this dynamic is, well, they get to choose where, you know, I don't get to choose where I want to work. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. But <laughs> you, you may be, you just may be in a position where, where you want to work is it necessarily best for you and your family? So you're, you're doing something that maybe you don't like as much, but you know that that is what you have to do, but you still want to do that other thing. So root for people that get to do that other thing. Live vicariously through, for, through them for crying out loud. It's not always fun, but, but, but do it. It's somewhat therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, you know it's it's amazing to me. I just use the the Stone Cold reference. People loved him for you know fighting the establishment, but in sports, it, I, I think because there's for all of our lives we've been taught this whole like team first mentality that for whatever reason in sports it's like a guy does that and we're like he's a bad teammate, he's a, a locker room cancer. Like there are all these I think perceptions of guys that, you know, tried to force their way out. And look, every situation is different. And, you know, there are certainly player situations where I don't think the player handled it right. There are also a lot of situations where I think, you know, fr franchises and organizations have let players down, like the Deshaun Watson situation, and they're completely justified to do it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's such an interesting dynamic from, I think, a fan standpoint and how most people feel about their bosses and anybody telling their bosses off to, you know, pro athletes being in that same position. You know why you have a successful podcast? And it, one, it certainly isn't because I'm on every Tuesday. Let's just say that right now. If anyone's actually listening to this because I'm on, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hopefully they're listening. <laughs> Look, you are, the, you are the better of the two talents on this. And, and, and I thank you for, you know, letting me, you know, kind of go off on your podcast. No way. You are the better of two talents. I, look, I'll always say that. And I swear to God, when I'm a program director, you're my first hire, but that's another story. The reason your podcast is successful, one, because it's good. You provide really good content. I mean, that's the most basic part of it. But two, the reason that podcasts have become so important, so successful, Netflix has become successful, um, all these on-demand services. We always in this business like to say it's because of our busy lives, running the kids everywhere, going to work, um, missing a particular segment of a show or news or whatever. We want to go back and watch it. We want to get that content. No, 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 no. The reason it happens is because we have power. That's why cassettes, CDs, albums always did well because we have power. We want to hear something at that particular moment in time, and the radio station's not going to play it. Well, guess what? I can turn it on. That's what we all crave in this in this life is some is control. It's not even so much power as much as it is being in control of our own destiny because we feel like so much of our life 
isn't within our own hands, not within our own grasp. So when it comes to podcasts, when it comes to, to streaming services or DVRs or whatever, we are in control of it. The only thing that we haven't figured out how to control is one, how to get your favorite band to play to play the kind of music you want them to, to always play or have the outcome of a TV show written the way you want it written, not the way that the, the, that the writers do, which is usually better. Um, usually... the way it ends is perfect because the writers understand that it has to go a certain direction. (laughs) But in The Sopranos, I'll still say, I think The Sopranos still has the most perfect ending of any television show I've ever seen. Dude, I I love The Sopranos ending. I I know everybody hates it. And in the moment, like, you know, I was one of the people that panicked when the screen went black and I thought my cable had cut out and I'm, I'm just freaking out. And didn't, you know, I didn't know if I missed something like in the moment. And this is why I think it's so perfect because in the moment I was like, what the hell is happening? Like, this is, they're they're not going to end it like that. Did I miss something? Like I'm thinking something's wrong. And I think that entire day I probably like had that feeling. And then I woke up the next day and I was like, that was perfect. It was a perfect ending. Yeah. It was, was I mean, you, 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 they gave you the greatest gift in the world. You get to choose how it ended. You get to choose what's going on in Tony's life. If you want to think that that guy in the members-only jacket popped him, you get to think that. If you want to think that they sat down and had a nice meal and Tony went about his life and got to die of a ripe old age or eventually died at the hands of somebody else, you get to think that. You don't usually get that gift from a television show. Now, Friends are the perfect ending, and I'll just freely admit that the, the female side in me was screaming right along with Rob <laughs> at the answering machine to let Rachel off. Oh, that's amazing. I'll, I'll, and, and I'll admit, though, the one thing I didn't like about it, I don't like the, the fact that Paul Rudd got Phoebe because Paul Rudd gets all the good-looking girls. And, yeah, that's what I just needed to see one more time is Paul Rudd get Well, Eric, Paul when you don't thing. age for, like, 30 years, you know, like, <laughs> females find that attractive, you know? Like, the guy hasn't – Yeah. He's the same dude 30 years later. And it's hard to be mad at Paul Rudd. <laughs> right. I mean, Paul Rudd is just, he's one of those guys, like, if you meet him, it's like, how could you be possibly be mad at Paul Rudd? But yeah. yes, he got Stevie, and I'm jealous of that. He's cool, but he's um, harmless. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, you're with Paul Rudd. Okay. He's, he's Ant Man totally for it. crying out loud. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> yes. per- it's perfect. <laughs> like, nobody's scared of him. He's just kind of like there and. He's I, he's I love you, man. He got he got yes. to meet all three members of Rush. I only got to meet two. I didn't get to meet Neil. And now I'll never oh, get that opportunity. He's Paul Rudd's my hero for crying out loud. Yeah. Um but that's just it. We want we have this need to take control of what we can take control of. And it's an interesting psychological study because I also think when it comes to sports and fandom it plays into you hating refs for certain calls. It plays into you um, being upset at certain players for leaving via free agency. It, it, you know, it, it plays into the whole Joe Mixon situation, but it's that need for control for things to be the way that we want them to be. Because even as we saw in this, in, in this last election or any election for that matter, any election, any election, not not this one, which, by the way, was not stolen. Not, 
stolen. There wasn't any fraud. You should get over that. But when you go and you fill in that ballot and you turn it in, once you slide it through that machine, now things are out of your control. And it's up to the counters. Like, I want this particular person to be dog catcher. Okay, well, I needed everybody else to feel that same way, too. And I think that creates, I think what we've done in society in a lot of weird ways is we've created anxiety amongst, you know, amongst ourselves. And I'm surprised more people aren't like me on a good amount of anti-anxiety medicines just to get through every day. Um, Because from what I can see on January 6th, a lot of people needed to be on anti-anxiety medicines, not just me. But that's kind of the way... Our, our life is we started to bring politics into it, but it really, it comes back to that one thing. And as long as you are putting out content that people want, people have control of when they, when they can hear you. Maybe, I mean, have you ever thought about this for a second, Colby? You're, you're either somebody's morning show, midday show, afternoon show, late night show, or overnight show right now. That's cool. Yeah. That's a good point. I've Yeah. That's really cool because, A, again, based on their busy life, some people may like to listen to you just in certain parts of the day for whatever reason. That's cool. Yeah. You're pro- in a way, you're programming your own radio station. Crap, I just talked myself out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> or you're just trying to make me feel better. So, you know, either way. Well, either way, I, just, I think it's, I mean, that's one thing that's kind of cool because it's yeah. like, I want to be a program director so bad. And, you know, I want, well, so, hey, I, I'll just admit it. I'm arrogant enough to think I'd be good at the job, but, you know, I want to do it. But now I'm, there's probably some listener out there going, well, I listen to this podcast and this podcast and this podcast, and I've set them up in all this whole work every day. Yeah. Why do I need your station? Yeah. I, look, I, I, I think honestly, I don't have an argument for that. Right. <laughs> Podcasts are certainly growing, but I don't think radio is going anywhere either. Like, I, there's there's enough room, I think, in the market for both to exist successfully. Because yeah, like, yeah. I, the, I still know a ton of people, and I have close family members that the podcast thing's not their thing. Like, they're just they they just refuse to get on board with you know the whole process of either downloading a podcast or finding one they like or like I know a lot of people that still don't even know how to get a podcast and they, they you know, they- they're only going to listen to the stuff they want to listen to while they're driving in the car. They're not going to listen to it at any other point. It's, I don't know, man. There's still, I, I think again, there are just so many people that have not made that transition that I think there's still room for both to, ex- to coexist and to coexist successfully. Are they older people though? that you're talking about? I would say middle-aged to older, yeah. And, and it's kind of the same way with streaming services because there, there's a relative of mine that he moans and complains about how much he's paying for cable. Right. And, you know, his wife moans and complains about how he moans and complains. It's like, well, hey, just switch to, you know, YouTube TV or Sling yeah. or Hulu or, or yeah. you know, any, any one of these one of these other, you know, millions of streaming services are out there. Well, I've thrown that out there, but he doesn't like to learn new stuff. And yeah, he that, wanna, there it is. There it is. You know, and it's like, okay, if you don't like to learn new stuff, then you're you're going to you're going to doom yourself of, of eventually. 
eventually there's going to be something you just don't know how to do anymore because that has been phased out. So you should always, I mean, just, just for your own sanity, be willing to learn something new every day how to do something or why something that way. Yeah. My kids don't listen. I, I think uh, I think that's back. My oldest son listens to radio. Uh, he listens to the brew here in Oklahoma City constantly. Don't mind giving them some love. Hello to everyone that I know still works at iHeart. Um, and my youngest only listens to like Spotify, iHeart Radio playlist, his albums, and again, it's all it, it, it's that whole mentality of you know I, I'm going to go to other places and get it. But I think radio stations, in particular, really good radio stations. What you're going, you're starting to see it now, but it's going to get even more prevalent in the future as they go on. You're going to have guys who are on the air. They're on the air guys, okay? And that's going to be their job. And their show will be podcasts, or they might do like a 10, 15 minute something throughout the week, a little more, that's exclusive content to, to, to the website and to, and to their streaming service. But then you're going to hire people specifically to do podcasts. And that's all they're going to do. They're yeah. not going to be on the air. If they're only on the air, they're going to be filling. So they're going to be podcast people. And they're going to have their own following. And they're going to have their own way of, of going about things. I mean, WEEI is already doing that. Uh, and I'm sure there are other radio stations doing it. But that's... In a way, if you're just getting into this business, it ought to make you excited because it seems like you're going to have more opportunities. You're going to have opportunities you and I did not have when we came into it to to find a niche, to find a ground, to do something that, that you love. Um, it may not be originally what you thought, but you can make the most of it. You can still control your own destiny, but that's what radio stations are going to have to be. They're going to have to, to give you a wide variety of platforms and content and give you an opportunity to consume it in so many different ways. And the good thing is hopefully ratings won't matter anymore. I, I doubt that it, I doubt that it'll get that way, but eventually you've got to quit giving a damn how people are consuming you as long as they are consuming you. But I've been preaching this for the last five years and there is one company who really gets that, and others are very begrudgingly going 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 along to that. And I believe it's simply because we're still kind of slaves to Nielsen in in in, in some respect. And I'll be interested to see how all that plays out in, in the next few years. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, it's the system that that people have, and it's it's uh, what determines money movement at this point. So that, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know that there are a ton of people that like the way that the system is built, but I think people embrace the system because it is the system, not necessarily because they like the system. So, you know, that's, uh, that's one of those things that I, I you know, I, I know a lot of people don't agree with how it works, but you know, salespeople have to have something to say why you should buy this show over that show. And that's, no, that's what the system is, you know, that, unfortunately. That, that's true. 
Um, but I don't know. I I get the sense there might be a movement away from that before, before all said done. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. Um, because again, the, you know, look, you can always manipulate things to say what For whatever sure. you want them to sure. want them to say, yeah. but. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe there is a, a movement that, that, that changes some things here in the next, in, in the next few years. And I'm, I'm, I believe it or not, I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. about thinking where we can go and the opportunities to develop talent, especially young talent, um, is finally here if people are willing to take the time to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. You've got to be willing to spend time with these people, which I know is hard because with reports to write and constantly having to answer questions from sales and your GM and, you know, corporate about why is this happening? What do you do this? What do you think about this? You don't get as much time to do the things that you, you, you really want to do. And, and, and the reason you, you, you took that job, which is to, you know, create the most awesome radio station in the world. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting over the last year, I've talked to a lot of people that, you know, have prominent jobs in, in the sports radio business across the country. And they all kind of say the same thing. They're like, it's evolving. I don't know what it's going to be, but you know, we're like on our toes, like watching it evolve in front of our faces and trying to evolve with it. But you know, I, I, get, I get the same message from everybody. Like, I don't know what this business is going to look like a year from now or two years from now, much less like five years from now. It could be completely different or maybe, you know, it's it's uh, not a whole lot changes. Like, it's interesting. It, it changes slow. It's weird. Radio's got this, this weird way of evolving slowly. It, it's a slow roll. It, it's like a the, the best way to, to describe it is like it's a tire going downhill but it takes a while for it to pick up speed. And then it's like two years, three years, you know, things are the same. Things really haven't changed. Things really haven't changed. And all of a sudden you're like halfway through a particular year and then boom, you're on to something else that, that sets the tone for the next five years. That's, that's the weird thing about it. It's like something usually catastrophic happens like at a midway point in a year that sits you on a trajectory for, for the way things are going to be the next at least three, but most likely five years. Yeah. And whether it's a company, a company getting, you know, a company a buying another company, um, whether it's uh, a syndicated show that no longer exists and you're having to fill that hole and you have to make that decision on, on how to fill it. Like I, I have no, and I don't mean this to be callous, but I have no idea what news talk stations are doing now because I've not read up on it. Um, now that Rush Limbaugh is not there, and whether that is going to be filled with guys, local talent that, that they have developed that can fill that hole, or whether or not um, Premier Radio Networks has somebody to go right in that slot. So if you're listening to this and you know those answers. Shoot them to me at GEEHSO because I've not seen anything on that. And that really piques my interest because when I uh, worked in Albuquerque, we really leaned on Rush for our new spot station. Like he, he helped drive our station, which was extremely successful. But my TV at the time was like, well, you know, as long as he's here, we're good. We're good. And it's like, okay, he's not there anymore. What are you going to do? And I always kept thinking of when he said it, it's like, you know, eventually 
everybody goes away. People retire. They, they, they get tired of the grind. They want to go live on a beach. Something happens to them. They say something stupid and you cancel Don Imus. It happens. But you don't seem to be thinking about the next thing. And that's what anybody in this business, you're always, you're always, you always have to look for. You always at least have to consider all the possibilities. You may be wrong and you've got to live with, you know, most of the time you can live with that because it's usually not dire. You may think something's going to happen and it goes another direction. But if you're not constantly thinking about the next thing, then, then you are really setting yourself up to get careened at some point at just when you least expect it. It, yeah. it, it always happens as soon as you rest on your laurels. And everybody that I've known, even like the really the most talented PDs and GMs that I've ever worked with at some point have rested on their laurels. And it may yeah. just be a few months, but, but at some point, and usually the reason that happens is simply because of the, in the the grind of it every day. I mean, you so be down, you're like, okay, can I just put it on autopilot for a while and make sure things <laughs> stay steady? And I I yeah. get it, but it's you know constantly you've got to constantly be moving ahead, be two, three, four steps ahead of anything that that could that could possibly happen, and. Um, I see a lot of people get caught with their pants down because they, they weren't thinking about that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was going to ask you this, and I'm sure you've seen the debate online, but paid internships versus unpaid internships. Have you seen all of this happening on Twitter? Uh, I've seen I've seen part of it, yes. <laughs> yes, I have. Do you have, yeah. a, do you have a strong uh, opinion on this? I, I'm, I'm kind of curious because I'm, I'm somewhat amused at – how people are arguing about this all over my timeline. You know, I, my, my feeling on it is there's internships should be paid. They really are. I understand that you, you go and you're, you're make, you're making contacts, right? I mean, that, that's why I did it to make contact. Right. Yeah. But here's the thing when you're, even though you're trying to make contacts, you're trying to get in the business, depending on where you are, in that internship, right? Like, I remember I just left one for another. I mean, he's like, I'm not getting paid. Is it really what I want to do? And there's another one open. I, I don't, looking back on it now, I don't necessarily think that was the smartest I, idea in the world. And I, kinda, I, I do slap myself for that. But if you're paying somebody and you're giving them money, you're going to get more out of them. Okay you're going to get a much more loyal worker who's going to be willing to do anything for you because not everyone is as dumb as I am and just wanted to be on the air so bad that they would have done anything to do it, you know, regardless of getting paid or not. Okay. That like, I am like that, that rare idiotic breed. Most people nowadays need money to be motivated. That's just the way people think. And it may drive you nuts. Like, it drives me nuts when kids don't want to pay their dues. Like, when they don't want to do the certain menial task in radio that yeah. I always did and loved doing because it was just what I was told I was going to be doing. It drives me nuts when, when young people walk in and think, well, I, you know, I deserve the afternoon show. But <laughs> that's, where their mind, that's where their mindset is now. Yeah. So, 
in order to work with them, in order to get them to understand that this is a process. And that person sitting in the afternoon chair is there for reasons that you can't possibly understand right now. You know, if you're giving them a few bucks an hour, giving them something that they can stock away for college, I think you're going to get somebody who, who will come in every day and won't mind getting you coffee. Won't mind, well, I guess no one erases carts anymore. Uh, won't mind going through, you know, hours and hours of audio for cut-ups for either best of or getting audio for a particular show. They probably will be way more enthusiastic about it because... Cleaning out prize it, closets certain, and... Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a point when you're doing that kind of stuff, you're, you're like, what is the purpose of this? What am I learning here? Yeah. <laughs> and... I'm sorry, but cleaning out a prize closet, it just, probably the thing you learn from that is, oh, every day at home at some point, you know, every week at home, I'm going to have to clean out my closet. Um, I, you know, I, I think it's funny because I did, a, I did obviously a free internship. I worked my ass off. And I think for me, I was, I was more motivated by not being paid for it to the point that like, I wanted to work so hard that they felt like they had to start giving me a paycheck because they didn't want to lose me. So, well, you know, everybody is, is, everybody's motivated differently. Um, but the problem is with that Colby is that you do get caught. This is what I got caught in. They realized they could, they could get as much out of what they either were or yeah. weren't. No, I, I get that. Yeah. So it's like, well, what do I need to give them a raise? They'll do it anyway. Yeah. It'll, it, yeah. it caps maybe at that specific place it probably caps like how high you can go right yeah <laughs> when, when they know they can get when they know they can get it out of you without yeah. having to bump you like my internship was if i remember right i think i did like monday wednesday friday and it was i i think from like 11 to 2 is what it was scheduled for i was literally there Monday through Friday from like 9 a.m. until 6 p.m. Sounds familiar. Like, yeah, wow. you get that. I mean, it's, you know, I, I wanted it. I, I wanted it more than anybody else did. Like, I, I was like, this is what I want to do. Um, you know, it, here's the other thing. I was also in position to where I, I didn't have to work that in those entire hours. Like, I, I, I didn't have much. I was eating ramen every day. But I was living off of a savings account that I had built, um, and, and so it I was I, I at least had the finances to make it through that period of time without having to have a full time job. Now I also before that was working forty hours a week and taking like fifteen to eighteen hours of school as well. So it's not like I didn't have a period where I, I was absolutely stretched to the max. But during my internship period. I had saved enough money where I had probably, you know, six to nine months reserves to be able to put myself in position. To, and th this was just my game plan. I was like, I'm going to get an internship. I'm going to give everything I have to it for that period of time. And I had enough money to pay all my bills and everything for that period of time. I didn't have anything extra. I didn't, you know, I didn't eat good. Uh, I ate as cheap as I possibly could. I didn't have, you know, I had no extra, but I, you know, I made it work and I, I worked harder than everybody else. And at the end of it, I got hired. Well, that's, and I, there are a few people we've worked with that need to hear your story. 
that, that need to understand that's a lot of times what you have to do. Yeah. Um, and I can think of one that still works there that still doesn't understand it, that still thinks that, you know, from the moment he walked in, he was God's gift to radio and still acts and thinks that way. But, you know, you people need to understand that's how you do it. Now, I'll simply say, I think, you know, the, the pay part of it, um, what we've seen, look, people need to live. There, there's no yeah, reason absolutely. you needed to eat. You don't, there's no reason you, I mean, you were willing to make that sacrifice. That's, that's great. And that sounds good. Yeah. But not the thing you've got to understand is, I mean, here's, and here's the thing I really take for, from your story is you had money stocked away. Right. Not, everyone not everybody. Does. Yeah. It, I was in a very yeah. unique situation that afforded me the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And I get that, you know, a lot of people don't have that sort of time to give in a free, in a free internship because they have to make that money. Yeah. By, by the way, I, that, I, I was not in any way endorsing unpaid internships there. I was just sharing my experience and, and basically pointing out that I planned to have money saved for that period of time. And I, I specifically did it that way because it was an unpaid internship and I wanted to use that as the, the step stool to get a job. So I plan to do it that way, but not everybody has the the ability to to have any any money saved to to the point that they can, you know, go through that process. So I'm I'm not pro unpaid internships. No, and it's just I mean the the thing that I think you and I have learned about radio, and is one it's a cheap business. I mean they only pay who yeah. they have to pay yeah. or who they want to pay. Um, and that, and there's a difference between that. Yeah. There, there's a major difference. They really, uh, and that's who it is. They only pay who they want to pay. First and foremost, the most valued people in any radio station are always going to be their salespeople because that's what makes you money. Then right after them are probably your, your money making air talents that are, that are easy to sell. And then after that, everybody else just kind of, you can be fodder. It's, it's, it's that simple. And they're not, no matter how hard you work. And that's, that's the other thing about this business. Sometimes no matter how hard you work, no matter what you show, there becomes a cap on how far you can go in a building because if they just don't yeah. value you. Yeah. I mean, even though you may be willing to go out and tackle a Buick for them at, at a moment's notice, they may like that about you, but if they don't value you, then you're kind of capped. And sometimes it takes a while for you to get that honest conversation with someone in management about how far you can go. But that's a conversation you need to have because I, I will say, I think I wasted a lot of my days in radio waiting for, waiting for that payoff. Now, there were some very long days that eventually the payoff came, yeah. but there were others where it's like, why did I spend all my time doing this when I could have been doing something else? Because it led to nothing. It didn't lead to where I want to go. And the worst advice anyone can give you is work hard. Tell them what, you know, tell them you want to be a GM, tell them you want to be this and, and work your butt off. 
you know, eventually you got to find out if they think you're talented enough to do something. It is radio is not exactly a meritocracy, but in the end, and, and you hear the thing: in the end, talent wins out. Well, only if they value your talent. I mean, you could be a really good air talent. You could be a really good salesman. You could be an excellent producer or a PD. I mean, you could have some great ideas. But it's all in the eye of the beholder. And if the GM or upper management does not feel the same way about you as someone else does, go work for that other person. You should go work for that other person because they're probably going to put more stock in nurturing you along. Now, be warned, sometimes it's hard to tell who that person is. Yeah, for sure. And the one thing you find in this business is, the thing is, in an hour interview, I mean, even spending just a whole day with someone, if you've never met, you start to feel like you know them. They may have an idea of what they're getting out of you. You may have an idea of what you're getting out of them. And until you're actually in the situation, you really don't know if the two are compatible. So just, just be, just be warned on that. Um, and it's again, be ready for anything weird, weird things happen in this business and people you would think never in a million years would, would have their career launch have their career just get launched end up failing upwards. I've seen more people fail upwards in this business than I, you know, care to talk about, but yeah, there's been a lot of failing up <laughs> that you do in radio. So I'm not I'm not saying it to discourage people. I'm saying that when you get in it, just be aware. Yeah. This business is good the business is gonna break your heart. But the matter but if you love it, like you love anything else, you're willing to either eat off that and use it as motivation or you're willing to put it behind you and say, okay, so it didn't work out here. I'm going to go make it work somewhere else. You, in order to make it in this business, you've got to have a very strong fortitude and just know sometimes you're going to be scratching your head about certain things that have transpired. It's like, this man, I know it's out of your control. Not the it's not the end of the world when you know you're better than someone and they get a job that that you wanted and that is not the end of the world. That happens and everywhere though. That's think, not that's not exclusive to yeah. radio for sure. Um, and, I, and look, maybe that person is better than you, but if you think you're better than them, keep that attitude and go <laughs> get it somewhere else. Yeah, you know, go. Yeah, I, uh, I I've seen so many people, and and you know this this goes back to maybe a psychology type of conversation, but I've seen so many people argue for unpaid internships simply based on, well, I had to do that. So, you know, why would, why would anybody not have to do that? Like, it's almost like, and I hate this and, and it happens in every aspect of life, but there's always somebody that just says simply, well, that's the way it's always been. Like, Give me a reason other than that's the way it's always been because like we're like we're we're having a conversation about radio right now. Radio is evolving. Like the business itself is evolving. If you're going to do everything in radio because that's the way it's always been done, you're going to get left behind. So things always evolve and change and I hate the mentality of that's the way it's always been, so that's why you're doing something. If you're pro unpaid internship, I have no issue with that. But don't give me the 
that's the way it's always been. I had to do an unpaid internship, so why should the new group of people not have to do it? You know what I mean? Like, it, that just makes no sense to me. No, it doesn't. And that's, that's a horrible way to look at to look at life. Well, that's the way it, it's always been. Well, that's great as long as you can back that up with, that's the way it's always been. And because that's the way it's always been, this is why we've had so much success doing this, or this is why we have turned out these type of people, because we have a tried and true method of knowing how to, and I'm just talking about this. This is just a very general talk. We know how to develop specific talent, or we know how to get the most out of our people because we're doing this. Uh, Coaches think that way. Um, Fraternities think that way with pledge ship or at least they should think that way with pledge ship like i will say right now i don't think the roughnecks are near as cool as it was when i was in it because all the fun cool stuff that brought us together that most people would think are is utterly ridiculous and why are you doing that has all been taken away from these guys now i'm not just encouraging anybody from, from joining that group if they want and it's it's fun and you're still gonna have a lot of great times in college if you do but we had a really unique bonding experience that unfortunately the generations that are coming after us can't share with us and there had to be changes made there there have always constantly had to be changes made along the way to make sure that we survived and got along with the university okay may not like it but i understand it and even though sometimes we'll argue, well, it's always been done this way, there's usually a why and how and a show of results that led us to keep doing things the way the way that we were doing. I totally agree with you on that. I mean, that, you know, again, Barry Switzer, if he would have said, well, I'm always going to run the wishbone, he never yeah. would have recruited Troy Aikman. Yeah. Now he went back to running the wishbone, but... They, they won, that, too, so, you know. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he had yeah. something, but at least think of things. Try and put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And that's the thing with me as an, an intern or somebody getting into this business. I think about how I was treated, and it led to me not treating people as well and as respectful as I should have. And, I, man, I, I will admit that from now until the day I die. Looking at it now... Had I been treated the way kids demand today to be treated, I probably would have been a better person. Had I demanded that and had a, had a little bit more self-respect and thought I was worth more than what I was being told I was worth, it may have led me to, to, to better roads. And that's, that's the thing. I mean, that, some of that's parenting. I mean, and think about it. I mean, we, you and I probably both grew up with baby boomer parents who – had you know there was a certain way they were raised and they raised <laughs> us a certain way and i mean it just yeah. it's only now have we gotten to the point where it's like oh no this really is you know certain things in life just anything was, oh no this is really stupid yeah <laughs> this is dumb yeah. no no one should ever be treated this way i mean i hate honestly i hate the idea of somebody getting me coffee hate that idea now hate the idea of sending someone out to go get lunch unless a they're willing to do it willing after you ask them 
and B, you comp, you pick up the bill for this. Like if somebody's willing to go out to Starbucks, hey, look, so and so's going to Starbucks. Yes, count me in. Yeah, but I'm going to pay. I'm going to pay for their coffee to do that. I don't want them to feel like this is their only. This is their only value. I, I want to know that they're doing it because, hey, I'm going there. Does anybody else want some? I'm just trying to be nice versus, yes, this is what your purpose is to get us all coffee. That's, that's crap. I don't think that should that's be the purpose, but I, I think when you have an intern and you ask them to go get coffee, it shows a willingness or a non-willingness to just, you know, do what is asked of you. Now, you know, I, it's not their job for sure, and, and they don't have to do it, uh, but... You know, like I, 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 nobody's goal is to, to be the, the coffee gopher. You know, again, I think it just, that's just one of those things where it literally takes you two minutes to walk down a hall, pour a cup of coffee. You know, like, again, there are limits to everything. I'm not saying drive 30 minutes to Starbucks and wait in line. Like that, that sucks. Uh, But there are limits to everything. And I, I think it just, some, some of that kind of stuff just shows a willingness to, to do tasks that are asked of you, even though it may not be the end goal. And, you know, again, I, I never wanted to go get coffee, but if I could help in that way, like I was willing to, cause again, I like, I was willing to do whatever I had to do to make a good impression and to show that I was willing to work hard. And that's the way I look at it. I don't look at it as it's not a coffee thing as much as it's a, are you willing to just do the things, the small things within reason that you don't want to do? Well, and that's that's the key phrase there within reason. Within reason. And as you were ta- as you were talking, it's like okay, so if I was in management position, I had an opportunity to have an intern. One, the first conversation that I sit down and have with them is, "What are your goals in this business?" Which, in a way, is a ridiculous conversation because you are generally talking to kids in their their twenties who generally do not know anything more about the business than what they've been taught in college and what they've either seen on TV or heard on the radio. So what their goals are at that moment could drastically change the longer that, that they're in the, in the business. But if somebody tells me, okay, I want to be a talk show host. You know, my goal is to have my own show. Um, I could follow that up with do you want to be a great talk show host and i hope you know most likely they're going to say yes but more often than not they have no idea what that entails um but okay so you want to be a talk show host? this is really what you want to do all right then i'm going to help you get there i'm going to show you over the course of how many months what it's going to take for you to do this let's find out if you really want to do this so I'm going to start showing you about research. I'm going to show you how to edit audio. I'm going to show you, I'm going to have you listen to people. I'm going to have you record me something. I'm going to do it like a class. So at the end of it, when it's over, I want you to feel like you got something out of it. That, that, that at least that the absolute worst is that you not only got something to put on your resume, but you've got something tangible to hand to a, pers- a prospective employer saying, I did this here yeah. with with Eric G and he taught me how to do this. And most likely people are going to say, oh, well, great. You're unqualified because you worked for him. Um, thanks for coming in. We don't need you. Um, but hey, 
you know, you might get that one guy who's like, oh, I know Eric. He's not as big as a hole as everyone says he is. Let's hear what you got. And it leads somewhere. Um, but if the only thing you learned how to do was erase tapes or file things or whatever, and I'm not saying that those aren't important skills to have, you might, you just, you need to walk out of that feeling like I've got something to sell now, or at least, okay, this is what it's going to take. Maybe I'm not, maybe this isn't what I want to do, or yeah, this is what I want to do, but it's going to be, it's going to take so much more than what I originally thought. But you, and that's the thing. I, I think with a lot of internships, I don't know. I, I think of a lot of internships, people just kind of walk out kind of confused. The other thing about it is, is you need someone in that internship to show you what is right, what is wrong, how to do certain things. And unfortunately, where we last worked that, that didn't go down. <laughs> well, look, th- there <laughs> are a lot of places where... Out with the, you had somebody that wanted to hang out with the interns, still wants to hang out with the interns. And supposedly, they're a grown-ass man. But, nah. <laughs> they want to be a 20-year-old kid, which is very weird. Very, very weird when you think about it. <laughs> I mean, there, there should, not everywhere is going to be the same, and not everywhere is going to have a built-in system for how you teach people the skills that they're supposed to get while doing an internship. Uh, but going back to the, the conversation about, like, getting coffee, for example, I can just tell you at mul- three different places that I've worked, the interns that never complained or any of that when asked to do coffee or asked to, you know, go get paper off the printer or like you said, erase carts, like the people that did those things without complaining or without like having a bad attitude about it. I would say like 95% of the time, those people were offered like some sort of like extension paid position, whether that was just like a promotions position or something like that. 95% of the people are actually, I can say in my, in my recollection, a hundred percent of the people that had issues with like walking down the hall to get somebody coffee were never offered anything when their internship was up. No, that's true. That I, I would say it's the exact same thing. That's that's why I say it's almost like just a simple test of like, do you have a willingness to, you know, do what is asked of you? Like again, within reason now, um, you know, I, I've certainly, uh, been a part of and experienced, uh, things that, um, you know, I probably go beyond that for sure. Um, and, and look, I, you know, there were times that I was asked to do things that I was like, well, this sucks, but you know, I, I mean, I did it. Um, and I didn't show that I was not happy about it, but you know, that was, I, I was willing to make the sacrifice. So not everybody is. And, and, you know, there's, again, I, everybody's going to have, draw their line in a different place. So I get that there's not a, there's not a hard like stance on where that line is. But I, you know, again, I think at the end of the day, you can just look at the basic part of that uh, conversation and just understand like, is somebody willing to go get a cup of coffee? And if they are like, generally that just translates to so much more than just coffee. And, and on the other side of it, when they're not generally that translates to so much more when you start asking them like, Hey, come up with a segment idea or, you know, do these different like actual radio tasks. Generally those things translate. Yeah, they do. 
yeah, yeah, you're you're not wrong. You're you're not wrong at all. And although I have seen some people who who did all that with enthusiasm, and the attitude was, yeah, we'll hire them, and this is as far as they're. they're well, yeah, that, I mean, us. at some point there, there also has to be a talent to level that that allows you to yeah to continue to climb. I mean, everybody has a limit on what they're able to accomplish, but yeah. Internships are about getting your foot in the door though. And then after that, I think it's up to your talent level. And if you don't have talent, you don't have talent, you know? No, that, that, that ain't a lie. (laughs) (laughs) And look, I'll, I'll tell people right now, there are a lot of people that work in the radio business that, that don't have a lot of talent. Yeah, <laughs> I can think of I can think of two in particular, <laughs> and one is on this radio, and one is on your podcast right now. So that you know, <laughs> why are you going to do me dirty like that, man? No, I was I was talking about myself. I mean, too. <laughs> never say that about you. Uh... Of the two of us, you actually should be behind a mic. I should be behind a desk helping you if you're watching this if you're watching the podcast right now then you 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 see me sitting exactly behind a mic so well then what then i then i you know what then i've accomplished my goal there you go there you go yeah yeah no i just i think that it's an interesting conversation especially in sports radio i think it's an interesting conversation and the the one thing i would pose to you and i I, this is where i wanted to go originally with the whole paid versus unpaid internships in, and, and specifically to the business that we're in or have been in sports radio. Do you believe that unpaid internships opens the door? Like, are there as many valuable learning opportunities for people if those turn into paid internships? Um, no, now, that's an interesting question. I think a lot of it, and I'm gonna, I, God, I'm gonna sound so horrible when I answer. I think a lot of it depends on where you want to go in this business. Yeah. Because quite frankly, there aren't the opportunities in this business that there used to be, which is weird. Because I know I just said earlier, we had op- there are opportunities now that we didn't have. All right. Um, if you want to do, and and I would just recommend this to anyone if you want to do spoken word radio. There are more opportunities than if you want to do music radio now. And if your goal is to be what is considered to be a DJ or a morning show host on a music station, those jobs are shrinking faster than you can snap your fingers. And unfortunately, for people in in music formats, I don't know how many music listeners are going to listen to a podcast about music. Maybe they will. I mean, maybe you could go do a a podcast where you're interviewing up up and coming stars in in country music, or you're doing a podcast about particular songs that, that are going to play. I'm just not sure what the audience is for that. And yeah, you can go do a paid, you could go do a paid or an unpaid internship for a music station and really want to do that. But it's going to be very hard for you to get hired now because it's just, it's DJ positions, PD positions in music formats are being eliminated. So I'm not, 
I don't know. Like I, I would have no, I have no idea what to tell someone who wants to get into music radio now. Sports talk radio, yeah, I do think that there's opportunities because, like I said earlier, when you come this all-encompassing entity that any good sports talk or news talk radio station is going to become in the near future or any spoken word format, maybe it's more entertainment-driven spoken word format like the old free FM that CBS tried, which was a really cool, really creative format um, that just didn't, that was really ahead of its time. Yeah, then there are going to be opportunities because people there want content and they're going to constantly reach out for it. So that's, I know that's an odd answer, Colby, but that's <laughs> yeah, it, no, I get it's it. the it, it's the best one I can give right now. That if you want to get into this business, get into a spoken word format, not because I'm in, it, but because I just don't. I think music radio is. I honestly think if anything dies, it's going to be music radio. I, and I and I if if the if the nails haven't been driven into the coffin yet. The, the body is the body is in the box and the lid is closed on on music radio yeah. that I really think and it sucks because I've got a lot of really close friends that have done music formats for a long time they're really good at it and I don't know how much longer they're going they're going to be in this business I mean I, I just don't and I hope none of them get fired it sucks because you fired in this business, there aren't a lot of places to go. <laughs> well, I mean, especially in, have, the, in the current climate, yeah. So you, you don't have any marketable damn skills. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Definitely. All right, my friend. Uh, we will catch up again next week. Always enjoy our conversations and uh, appreciate you, man. Thank you. And we'll next week we'll talk about why uh, Aaron Rodgers sucks. He just he <laughs> yes, sucks. yes, yes. That was like literally the next thing, but. Uh, we got we got caught up in uh, really interesting conversations. So yeah, we'll do Aaron uh, Rodgers we'll do Aaron is Rogers ruining it for the rest of us. <laughs> that, hey, that's a tease. There we go. There we go. <laughs> All right, buddy. Take care. See you. Thanks to Eric G for joining me on the Colby Daniels podcast once again. Eric G from the Tulsa Sports Animal. This episode is presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. If you have any questions whatsoever, they have a staff that's dedicated to helping you live a better life. I'm a customer there, and I can just tell you, ask questions. That's what I did. I, I didn't know a lot about all of this stuff, and I asked questions. They were more than happy to walk me through the benefits of these products, and I'm better for it. So uh, give them a call, 405-458-9699. Plus, we're saving you 15% off your online order at abotanicalcompany.com. Use the discount code COLBYSHOW, again, for 15% off your online order, abotanicalcompany.com. Not to mention, they have a drive through for pickup, so it's easy and safe pickup, very efficient, uh, and, and you can do that very easily. Again, Artisan Botanicals, abotanicalcompany.com. Everybody have a great day, stay safe, and I will see you tomorrow. Podcast.
It's over.